Longtime podcast listeners will remember my friend Tom Shaw, who I met during my production of Cyrano de Bergerac a million years ago, where he played the evil Comte de Guiche and, um, uh, and served as fight captain for that production. Um, he doesn't act as much anymore, which is, which is uh, unfortunate. But the reason he doesn't act is that he has gone from being the fight captain of my production of Cyrano de Bergerac to basically Broadway's fight guy. Is that, is that an overstatement? Um, slight. Tough. I'm calling you that anyway. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. Thanks for subscribing, streaming, or downloading and listening to us on your computer or tablet or phone. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 602, Broadway's Fight Guy. One of the great pleasures of our two weeks in New York City last March of 2018, while we were performing William Shakespeare's long-lost first play abridged off-Broadway at the New Victory Theater, was seeing so many old friends, including Tom Shaw, who listeners may remember from episode 187 back in 2010, when he told us about the time he co-starred in the ill-fated, is there any other kind, production of Macbeth with Christopher Plummer and Glenda Jackson on Broadway. At the time we recorded this last March, Tom was working on a bunch of different productions in New York, including St. Joan with Condola Rashad on Broadway, The Low Road, Downtown of the Public Theater, and the Tony-winning Angels in America. Tom sat down to talk with me about how he became a fight choreographer, how he's able to juggle so many jobs, and what it was like to work on Othello with David Oyelowo and Daniel Craig. There are, there are a few of us who are always vying for work, and we, whenever we get together, it's very collegial and friendly, and I'm sure the moment we're away from each other, we go, that bastard. <laughs> you're, not, you're not pulling out various weapons. It's kind of a, it's kind of a, a Bugs Bunny thing. We're escalating weapons. If we could do subtle backstabbing, I'm sure we would. I'm sure we do. But uh, there, are, there are a few of us. But, but right now, I'm, I am uh, busy, which is, uh, for a freelancer, is a great place to be. You're working on like eight or ten productions right now or something, which we'll, which we'll talk about. But how did you, how does, how does one go from being an actor to a fight choreographer, fight director? Well, um, or how did, how did you do it? Yeah, I just started saying I was and people started hiring me. Um, no, I, um, I, I studied in school. You know, as an actor training, a certain amount of fight stuff and was kind of took to it. So I got more training than usual in the school just because I kept being there. And, and where did you go to school? Uh, Virginia Commonwealth University. Okay. Which is where I finished up. Mm-hmm. I'd gone to Catholic University before that. Hello, Catholic University. Uh, and then after two years, I left. The uh, fighting altar boys of Catholic <laughs> University. <laughs> it's goodbye, Catholic University. Yeah. So, um, but I started there. And then um, I was just, when I was working as an actor, I ended up sort of, happening to do a lot of fight roles and then I was at the Folger Shakespeare Theater for a number of seasons. When I love that place. Yeah, yeah, and I was there in the days when it before it had made it split in Washington DC from being the Folger Theater now and the Shakespeare Theater. Right. Which are two separate entities at the time it was one thing and yeah, it was in that lovely little theater. And um uh, which is a little like playing inside a violin. It's really, it's actually, with all that wood and everything, it's got right. great sound. But um, well, and, and so part of it was that you were doing a lot of classical plays yeah. with a lot of classical combat. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did a lot there, and I ended up fight captaining a fair amount as an actor. Mm-hmm. And uh, sort of choreographing around, I choreographed a little bit there and around Washington, D.C. And I trained, I during that time, I also trained uh, with the Society of American Fight Directors. Mm-hmm. 
so I got <clears throat> some basic training uh, uh, at, at their uh, uh, at the time, it was the society was pretty new, and they had um, one thing that they would do on, during the summertime, um, uh, a, uh, like an intensive, their right. summer sling, they now call it. But it was, uh, <laughs> it was. Uh, let's see, the first year I did it was in Kentucky at Northern Kentucky University. That was a hosting campus, and the next year I did it, it was in Salem, Massachusetts, at whatever is in Salem, Massachusetts. I can't remember now. Yeah. The and Fighting Witches. <laughs> the Fighting Witches of Salem. <laughs> yes. Salem, you. Yes, the Danforths. Of, you know, there, there's a crucible <laughs> reference. Thank you. Um, but. Um, uh, so anyway, I trained with the Society of American Fight Directors right. for a few years as well, and got got some good training there. And um, and uh, then uh, when I moved to New York, I sort of s dropped any pretense of being a fight director because I was a little afraid of getting um, pigeonholed into being a fight guy. Oh yeah, that that, that guy's like a, he's a fight guy actor. We don't have any fights in this show, and my resume would go into a reject pile for that as opposed to lack right. of talent. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. Um, and so I kind of pulled back, but over time. It, it kind of happened anyway. I mean, there had been a stage manager I'd worked with before who remembered me and referred me to a show or a, a director, or then I did something for that theater and they brought me back again. And it's sort of over about a 10-year period. It kind of took over my my career, and now it's probably 85% of what I do. Wow. Well, it's a that's a great... Um that's a great example of, of uh, how work leads to work. You know, don't be an asshole, don't be a jerk, and people will want to work with you again. Oh, and maybe be talented at what you do. No, that talent is a long <laughs> third, but essentially I try not to be much of an asshole. But um, it is sort of a bloom where you're planted kind of a th yeah. thing. And there are times I, you know, every once in a while I'll run into an actor I've worked with before who says, man, don't you want to get back on the stage? And if I'm really truthful, like confidentially, yeah, I really would. But you know, the way fight work schedules, it schedules far enough in advance that often it's just, it's pointless for me to even audition because I'm already committed to something. Right. What if, so, and so the, what, the, what the Society of Fight Choreographers did was mm -hmm. teach you how to, you knew the moves, but knowing the moves and being able to teach the moves and, and to teach them safely, that's a whole other thing, right? Yeah, and then beyond that, being able to think, and this is where I think uh, uh, having had a I put it in the past tense, didn't I? Having had a career as an actor, <laughs> um, having had a career as an actor, uh, to think about how you tell that part of the story of a play right. and that right. part of the story of the characters and their journey through the play in physical movement, yeah. um, which is a which is a really uh, besides just knowing you know smash bang you know you hit over here you you know yeah. the, the actual physical technical moves yeah. is really is really an important and kind of a special thing and that's I think the, the good thing that fight directors if they're good fight directors bring to the table is how to how to how to bring that particular element into a collaborative process and, and tell the story in a compelling way, hopefully. One of the great Shakespeare productions that I saw was a production of Hamlet back in 81, 82, directed by Richard E.T. White, who's now the head of the Cornish Theater Program at Cornish University, starring John Vickery as Hamlet, yeah, Scott Paulin as, as Horatio, and I, and I need to go back to the program to find out who Laertes was, because the final fight between Hamlet and Laertes was so interesting and evocative of who this Hamlet was. It wasn't just a generic sword fight. It was also in a very confined space. Um, but you you saw you saw a Hamlet who didn't really want to fight mm. Laertes. You know, he'll do it because he has to, but doesn't really want to. And mostly, he just wants to say "f you" to Laertes without killing him until he finds out right. that the tip has been poisoned, that the queen has been poisoned, that blah blah blah. So, um, 
it was just a great story in and of itself. And that's that's what the fight director is trying to do, right? Tell the story of the moment of the character of the play. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I mean, it's it's uh, uh, the, the the danger, I suppose. Uh, uh, Aside from putting people's eyes out, the danger often as a fight director you come in is you think, oh, I got this great idea, and man, this is going to be the best fight I've ever done, and it's going to be really exciting, it's going to be really big. And to be able to take all that and kind of set it aside and have your ideas and say, what is this particular story in this particular production with these particular actors right. and this particular director, right. you know, that, that, that tells the story of this arc, you know, this, this Hamlet. So your job as the as the fight guy, the fight choreographer, is to talk to the director and say, "What are you looking for? You know, what story are you telling?" Yeah, I think to a, to a great degree. I mean, uh, in an ideal world, you kind of start. You you know this is going to happen. You 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 work with the play. You you just go over the play a number of times. Yeah. And, you know, you're reading the play, and the first time you read it and try to experience it. I mean, with Hamlet, there's so much attached to it. It's kind of hard to do this, but experience right. it as somebody completely new to the event would experience it. Just let things land on you as as you would in an audience. Yeah. Kind of mark down stuff you know I always read you know I'll have the play in a yellow pad and <laughs> a fifth of bourbon I don't know but <laughs> and, and work my way through the play and just write down the things the salient things the things just a fifth I'm impressed <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. you know it's, I'm on a diet these days um, uh, and write down the the, the, the yes. salient moments the things that pop out at you because in, well, you know those are the things in the story that tend to pop out yeah, if you're yeah, following yeah. it and and uh, then you go over and over again and you dig deeper and try to make these connections and things like that and then you kind of come in with this with your maybe an arm or a little little a bunch of ideas in your back pocket about what the show is and then you have a chance to talk with the director and you sit down and mostly you just try to shut up and listen and hear what the director has to say about you know and you might try asking questions that are going to help you understand the play but often the, the director has really clear ideas about the play and do you get to sit in on casting sessions, or are you given the actors you're given, and then you have to go in and find out what they're capable of doing? In my experience, it's mostly I'm, I come in and this show has been cast, okay. or, or or I'm not part of the casting process. Yeah. Every once in a while, um, it'll happen where you have. I think sometimes with really big fight shows, if you're doing a Three Musketeers or something like that, yes. you know that that. You know, the, uh, uh, fight directors are brought in during the uh, during the audition process, and you'll do like a, it's like a dance audition for a musical. Well, you'll build a little fight, and you'll have people go through it, and right. you know, there's like a winnowing process to see people who have raw talent. But sure. often, you don't have that much of a say in the in the principles because I mean, there's so much. You know, like the Hamlet, how out of the four-hour <laughs> play, you know, there's maybe two minutes of the play or six minutes of the play that are actually fights, and so it's not. It's really not that high on the li on the list of things that you want your actors to be able to deliver on. So then you're working with the actors to see what sort of fight they're they're capable of uh, of doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so then you come into the process, and from that nuts and bolts aspect, yeah, come into the process, and you're, then you're trying to then you're sort of thinking, you know, you're working with the actors, and hopefully you're having chance to just you know there'll be time scheduled for you to just work with the actors on basic training or, yeah, or right. agreeing on a physical language for the fights right. and through that you're kind of watching and going well you know I see this is a, 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 a strong point for this actor this is more of a weak point here and stuff mm -hmm. like that and you begin to kind of marshal you the ideas you've had and the things you've had with the director and how are they going to match these people right. and um, and often you know with you get really smart actors who have the, a lot of their own ideas and opinions and that comes into the into the formula too so you, you know you know, on one level you're serving a lot of masters, but on another level you've got like all this um, 
feeling and intellect and an opinion to draw on as you start to figure out what you're going to do. I'm Ben Crystal, and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? We have one more week of performing William Shakespeare's long-lost first play abridged here at the Pittsburgh Public Theater. We close this Sunday, July 1st, 2018. We've had such a great time with fantastic audiences these last five weeks. It'll be sad to leave, but nice to get home. Ending a run like this is always bittersweet. You can see our work in Pop-Up Shakespeare, which is illustrated by the marvelous Jenny Maisel and is on sale worldwide. We have just posted our fall of 2018 tour dates online, and you'll see we're performing Long Lost Shakes, The Ultimate Christmas Show Abridged, and the complete works of William Shakespeare Abridged Revised in Nagadoches in Austin, Texas, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, New Hope, Pennsylvania, Athens, Georgia, Tahlequah, Oklahoma, Pasadena, California, Saginaw, Michigan, Lynchburg, and Harrisonburg, Virginia, Lewisburg, West Virginia, Chickasaw, Oklahoma, Columbia, Missouri, Stowe, Vermont, and Livermore, California. As always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe and check out our touring page for specific box office, venue, and ticket information. And now back to my conversation with Broadway's fight guy, Tom Shaw. Well, was I wrong? You're, how many gigs are you doing currently right now of, of March of 2018? You're doing like seven or eight gigs? Um, uh, uh, um, I think six. Six, okay. Yeah. So. And that's uh, I'm incredibly unfortunate, incredibly fortunate because um, <laughs> I'm at a point right now where I'm working and all these gigs are sort of in, in town in New York where I live. Right. So I can... <laughs> kind of run from room to room, you know, from rehearsal to rehearsal. And yeah. so I have the luxury of being able to, to take on more work than if I had to go out of town. It would be just such, such a chunk of time. Yeah. I couldn't take on other work. So I'm really lucky. That, that really is. I mean, it's not just, you're not, I mean, it's like a 12 block radius, but you go down to the public and you go up to Lincoln Center. And But right, basically, you're in midtown Manhattan doing all this stuff. That's kind of amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Um, and you live in midtown Manhattan. I know, I know. There are times I'll show up at a, uh, for a fight call or something, or a very brief rehearsal at a, 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 a theater in the neighborhood here, yeah. Broadway House, and yeah. you know I'll make an appearance, and people are so impressed. It's like, oh, you're so heroic to just kind of come over here, you know, make all this effort to come over here for this 15 minutes of work, and I try my best to pretend that it's a heroic act, but eventually I always confess, yeah, I live a block away. It's not really, <laughs> such, a, not really such a big deal, but I, it's, it's incredibly fortunate. I mean, I am, I am. That is actually an aspect of what goes into into how easy or how well truthfully that's an aspect of of that goes into how good I am at doing my job to the degree I'm good at doing my job is yeah. I can be that available yeah yeah and yeah. that you know is is it counts for a lot it's slightly random in a way but it does count for a lot well, I know you're not on social media, but that is what we call hashtag live in the dream. <laughs> live in the dream. Uh, often I don't have to take the subway anywhere. <laughs> live in the dream. <laughs> live in the dream. Um, well, so you, you're doing the six gigs. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep saying eight to ten gigs right now anyway, um, even though it's a lie. But uh, a, a couple of years ago, you uh, did the, the fights for a production of Othello featuring um, um, David Oyelowo and Daniel Craig. So I'm dying to know, what was it like teaching Martin Luther King Jr. and James Bond how to fight? Well, it seems the most natural pairing, doesn't it? <laughs> Actually, it was, 
they were both great. I mean, a, a, a lot of friends will ask, what was it like to teach James Bond how to fight? You know, and I had a lot of trepidation going into the room because, of course, he's he's such a uh, um, Daniel Craig is such a physically. You know, in those Bond movies, he's very physically opposing, imposing, and and you know he does this spectacular stuff. And you think all the all the fight training and everything, and all the fight directors he's worked with, and everything like that, and the big time movies, mm-hmm. and everything like that. And I expect that I'd come into the room, and there would be this sort of slightly supercilious James Bond character smirking, you know, with his two, you know, ex Mossad bodyguards smirking, and I'd be the guy who's like, okay, so here's how you punch somebody. But uh, much to my relief and delight, he was. So much fun. He he ha, he's an incredibly warm, incredibly generous person and actor, mm-hmm. and uh, was was very um, thoughtful and respectful about what we were doing together. Right. Um, yeah, it ended up being a, a you know one of my top experiences actually working with those guys. And David Yellow is a powerhouse as an actor and um, a really really sweet human being, and so it ended up being. Something I was, <laughs> I almost, I almost didn't want to step into the room the first time. It ended up being a, a very, very pleasant experience, and they were both so good in the show. And Daniel Craig has this incredible. Um, you don't, exp- you don't think of it as you, if you think of him in the Bond movies, but he has this incredible sort of warmth and vulnerability as a, as the most vulnerable. Uh, Iago I've ever seen because wow. it's often you know Iago's kind of you know conniving and you know and often you know I remember seeing the Raul Julia Chris Walken oh, sure. uh, uh, Othello in, in Central Park years and years and years ago uh-huh. and whenever uh, and it's kind of a punchline anyway but whenever anyone would say oh honest Iago which happens a lot in the play yeah. the whole audience would roar with laughter because he was saying it to Christopher Walken <laughs> right and Walken had just this sort of this very sort of Walkenish kind of sly, yeah. Yeah. slightly, you know, um, but but uh, um, Daniel Craig's um, Iago was so like straightforward and honest, and when he was talking with uh, Desdemona about her marital issues and things like that, and being supportive, it was completely in the moment, completely there and supportive and vulnerable. And when he had these statements to the audience, there was no mustache twirling. It was really honest and direct and. It was just a great performance, and it was a, a very small. I've only seen photos, but it was in in like a little a barracks, like an army barracks. It was in literally a not a black box, a wooden box. Yeah, it was like a plywood box. Yeah. It was based on. Um, there was a Sebastian Younger. Do you know who he is? Uh, he wrote the, the, he wrote author. The, yeah, the, he wrote the Perfect the, Storm. But he's yeah. done a lot of stuff uh, over the years. Journalism embedded with troops. And okay. he, there's a great movie that he did called Restrepo. That was about uh, a forward operating base in uh, Afghanistan. Okay. And um, uh, sort of the, that was a little bit of a touchstone for the concept for the show, just right. in terms of how these soldiers genuinely really live. Right. You know, they're not in uniform. I mean, you know, they're mostly in, you know, like, you know, shorts and workout yeah. clothes. And, you know, it's yeah. very, it's a much less regimented, much more, in some ways, much more casual and much more dangerous environment they're in. But that became a touchstone in terms of the aesthetics. So literally the stage, the theater was a, a plywood box, mm. plywood floor, plywood walls, plywood ceiling. Right. All the lighting was actual military issue um, lighting. All practical light. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. I remember reading about that. Well, and also in the pictures, David Oyelowo had clearly worked on his arms. His, yeah. yeah, he had worked. He was no longer frail minister Martin Luther King Jr. No, that was a little scary. He came in the first day and he uh, clearly had put in <laughs> his work. His and he was like big and muscle bound. I actually <laughs> tore a rotator cuff muscle. <laughs> 
Uh, early on, um, the director Sam Gold had had talked about, um, you know, I want you to do some exercises with the, with the actors to do some some physical warm ups and some like you know the beginnings of like the hand to hand fighting training stuff. Do some exercises with the actors to to just you know we'll start off each day with a vocal warm up and this stuff. And it sort of bonds the actors as well if they're, if they're supposedly in this yeah. military unit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the idea. Yeah. I think it kind of bonds it bonds the company. It's a way to begin to do both that and start like talking about sort of fundamentals of how you move in relation to somebody and how yeah. you do this this what they call it MAC training this modern army combatives training that's taught now and also there's a really simple exercise which actually comes from Aikido where you you both sort of basically kneel and sit back on your heels on the ground facing each other two people and one guy grabs the other guy's wrists and you the guy whose wrists are grabbed you sort of find the way to roll over the person who's who's held on to you it's called uh, if I can remember it's called Kokyu Tanden Ho I think is the name of the exercise in Aikido I have so, all their albums yeah, they were great in the <laughs> 70s they, right whatever happened to them um, so uh, we were we were doing this exercise, and the first times, first few times you do it, you you know you don't with the person who grabs the arms. The two things you can do that make the exercise much more difficult and frustrating is to either become really relaxed and noodly, so the person can't really get a, a a feel for where your center of balance is, or to become so locked and rigid that you can't move the person. Uh-huh. So so they did it a little bit, and I was like, well, guys, think about it this way. And I made the mistake of kneeling down next to David Yellow and <laughs> offering my wrists and he grabbed my wrist and I started to move to move him and at one point he just like locked his body and he was so freaking strong as I was starting to move him and he locked his body my shoulders went pink and I just fell forward and my forehead dropped to his chest <laughs> and I was like oh okay so do it like that <laughs> and I got up and uh, two days later I went to the doctor and he was like yeah you tore a rotator cuff muscle oh my so he's, he was a strong guy he was physically very intimidating and vocally he's got such he's got this yeah. RSC training I mean vocally he's got this amazing instrument yeah. and it's so supple and it's got such dignity to it which for, uh, for Othello was so yeah. amazing David, you broke our fight guy. <laughs> he did. He did. But that's another example. You, you, so you said the d- director of that production was um, Sam Gold. Mm-hmm. Sam Gold then also directed the production last summer of Hamlet, at, of Hamlet at the Public with Oscar Isaac and Keegan Michael Key. Right. Yeah. 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 Any, any any tales of that of that show? What was that like? Oh, it was really. Uh, you know, Sam Gold. He's got such an interesting mind. Um, um, Again, it was a, it was we weren't in a car in a, in a uh, plywood box that time. We were in a regular theater, <laughs> but the Nansbacher uh, Theater at the Public Theater, which is sort of a th- modified thrust stage, and yeah. this, this, the, the theater aisles are all carpeted in this particular sort of dark red carpeting and all. Yeah. And his set conception for that was to erase the the, the boundaries between the. Um, the audience in the stage, so that carpeting just continued on to the stage floor, mm-hmm. and there was just a flat stage floor. There was a little rise, a little like a platform rise across the back of the thrust, and then he actually put down a wall which cut off probably a third of the actual stage at the Ansbacher, uh-huh. so that the whole performance space became smaller oh, and more pushed out into the audience. And there was really, uh, architecturally, there was no differentiation between the two. And it became this experience of just all being in the room together. And it was the, uh, sort of, the production was really simple. Um, um, there was a lot of speaking to the audience, but not in a, not in a like, I'm stopping and addressing you way, but just, um, I thought Oscar Isaac was particularly uh, adept at this. And to this day, I don't understand quite how he did it. But he would be speaking to um, Horatio. One of his, his his speeches, basically to Horatio, and as he's talking, suddenly you realize he's talking to you. 
somehow there's focus moves from a ratio and just opens completely seamlessly and effortlessly to the room and suddenly it's, it embraces this entire experience of people um, it was really direct and intimate and funny really really funny production in a lot of ways and really heartbreaking and really weird in some ways too uh, uh, King and Michael Key started the whole, the whole production started the audience is sitting there and at some point King and Michael Key just comes out and starts talking to the audience and he's like so uh, yeah you're here how did anybody have any problems getting here he was very conversational and very funny and he'd talk about uh, you know he'd ask questions to people in the audience and he'd say okay so just so you know tonight's performance runs about five hours so if you need to call your babysitter and people <laughs> laugh he goes no no that's not true but you know he just jokes around with the audience for a while and as he's talking um, there's a, d two small doors in the back of the wall in the stage the doors open and people start to come on Hamlet and Gertrude and these actors come on and one of the actors lies down on a table that's strewn with flowers and the other actors just sit around him and as Keegan's talking he goes like oh oh we're starting now and he just slips back into the background and everybody sits around the dead king dead king Hamlet's body just sitting like they're in a wake and then the lights go out and then you hear uh, um, who is it Gratiano, who's the, no, that's no. not, uh, um, um, Jesus, up we should the, know these names. Suddenly you're up on the parapet, in the yeah. dark you say, who's there? Yeah. Stop, who's there? It's me. It's, yeah. And you're in the play, and that entire first scene is done virtually entirely in the black. Oh, very cool. Except when the ghost appears, and that is the same actor who's been the dead Hamlet on the table during, the, during that little wake prelude. Oh, very cool. There's, you're hearing this talking, you're hearing the people talking to each other, and there's a moment where all this actor does is sit up on the table, and there's the slightest amount of light that just opens as he sits up on the table and it makes your heart jump out of your body. It's so shocking and it's so simple. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Send us your favorite fight move to feedback at ReducedShakespeare.com. You can also engage with us and other fans on Facebook or Twitter. You can find easy links to all these social networks at our website, ReducedShakespeare.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener. And the RSC is now on Instagram, too, at Reduced Shakespeare Company. Thanks, as always, to Honest Matthew Croak. Web services by Ginger Power Limited. Music by John Weber and GarageBand. Our random fast shout out this week goes to Jeff Carmichael. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Ben Crystal, author of Shakespeare on Toast and the Oxford Illustrated Shakespeare Dictionary. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. I'm Austin Titchener, 602 1806 of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Well, and uh, Daniel Craig's charm and sincerity and David Oyelowo's strength and Oscar Isaac's ability to just easily go from talking to his fellow actors to the audience. That's all down to your skill as a fight guy, right? Of course it is, yeah. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.